Escaping the Odds podcast is a movement of freedom in the physical and financial sense. We highlight people who bounce back from prison by switching hustles and a mindset. See, business has always been a part of my DNA. I just went about it the wrong way, which sent me to federal prison for nine years. I'm bringing out dope stories of triumph that's meant to inspire and educate to take you to the next level. And no matter where we come from or come from under, we can set ourselves free and escape the odds. What's up, y'all? Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds. I'm your host, Aaron Smith. We got some dope stories for y'all today. Formerly incarcerated men and women who are now entrepreneurs. Let's get it. you all for all of the support escaping the odds really 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 appreciate it but i would really appreciate if you all continue to subscribe and review 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 my podcast on apple iheart radio especially apple iheart radio spotify pandora stitcher anchor.fm i'm trying to shoot it to the moon y'all let's get these stories out here escaping the odds opportunities over penitentiaries we're continuing to unlock freedom. Thank y'all. Peace. Thank y'all for tuning in to Escaping the Odds podcast. We got another dope episode here. Got my main man, Brandon Loster. Just came home from federal prison, man, doing amazing, amazing things on the entrepreneur side. So I just wanted to get his story, uh, teach teach you all a little, little things or two about business and the whole nine. And so, uh, Brandon, what's going on, brother? Oh, man, it's a beautiful day, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no doubt. Definitely, man. So, um, just come home last year, 2018, man. Made hell of a strides. I mean, like you, you really doing your doing your thing out here in the business world. So, but before we even get into that, let's 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 go back. Let's take it back about about 20 years or so, man. Right? Uh, was this your first introduction to the federal system? No, actually, it's my second introduction. Okay. Um, I made some mistakes prior, um, and then I. But it was it was what we call popcorn bit, right? I, I went in and came right back out. Okay. So um, the effects weren't um, as they are now, whereas I did real time. And what I mean by real time, the first time I received uh, 12 months, I think I did all of about seven. And that was um, federal system? That was in the federal system. Okay. Um, that was back in 2002. Okay. Um, it was like a, a glimpse, basically. Right. Um, I wanted to learn from my mistakes but didn't know any better at the time uh continued to hang with uh individuals that i would say were not motivating not pushing me in the right direction and then this last time even though like i said it's totally on myself because I, ma I made the mistake but this last time i did a 10-year federal mm. system and uh, i'll tell you if you don't change in 10 years you never will absolutely man definitely um so on that first bit what, what did you get incarcerated for I had used some credit cards. I had, I had, okay. uh, I had used a credit card uh, that I didn't have. A, I wasn't authorized to use. Okay. All right. So, so you came home. What you about twenty years old? Twenty one years old at the time. Yeah, that was uh, two thousand two thousand two. So okay. it was it was quite a while ago. And okay. then 
Um, this last uh, instance started in 2010. Okay. So eight years later, I end up making another tragic mistake. Okay. But business has always been a part of, of who you are, like your DNA, right? Yes, my, my family has, has been in business. Um, we were in franchises, multiple franchises from Checkers, Popeyes, uh, in multiple states, Illinois, right. DC, uh, Virginia. Okay. Uh, my dad is, uh, he's a hero when it comes to building a business, in my eyes. Um, I've seen him do things that I was like, wow. You know, I can only sit back and try to learn and inherit those, those, you know, th those, those communication skills, those gifts, the foresight to look forward and see where the, the business market is turning. And so I used to talk to him uh, and try to, you know, glean that, that insight. And, and I tried to apply it with my own life. Um, but I made a, a mistake, obviously. Yeah. And so that mistake led me to federal prison. And when I was there, I said, you know, I mean, let's be honest. We're all going to go home. If you haven't done a serious, serious crime, you're, you have to anticipate going home. Um, I had an outdate. I knew I was going home, but I wanted to kind of do something on my own right. that didn't involve uh, my dad okay. as far as initially. Okay, so, so maybe you felt like you were in the shadows for so many years. Well, I've, I mean, in order to find yourself, you really got to implement your own strategies. You have, you have to think for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. People can lead you all day, but just because they're leading you doesn't mean they're leading you in the dream that you prefer to be, be led in. So I wanted to find something that I was passionate about. Okay. And so what I did was I had to find a job because, you know, I could have go, I could have worked for my dad, but there is a, a man sense or a human sense of doing things on your own and accomplishing a goal. You feel just, that much more um, intrigued with yourself as opposed to someone giving you something or or handing you know, receiving a handout right um, so what I did was I took the initiative of writing companies um, right. I knew that from reading uh, that a lot of companies hire ex-felons but again that message that message isn't always transcended from the CEO to the person that's going to hire you which may be a manager which may be a supervisor or something like that mm -hmm. so i wrote the ceos directly okay. um i was always told if you want something and you want it bad enough you go to the top yeah. because if the person at the top denies you then you know you ain't got to worry about the person at the bottom right so i went straight to the top and basically with my letters i wrote about between 70 and 75 letters while i was in prison and i received 37 job offers when i came home now 37 job but what kind of job offers did you have so most of them were entry-level positions, okay. right? Most companies are going to give you an entry-level entry position only because you have, if you don't have any skills or you don't have the qualifications that they're looking for, um, then they're going to offer you a chance okay. to prove yourself, see where you fit in. But I had um, Nike, I had Costco. Um, I mean, the, they were all pretty big companies, Fortune 500 companies that I wrote. Uh, and then I wrote Pat Swisher, which is a company that I initially went to work for when I was released, um, it is a restroom. Well, they we focus on disease prevention, odor control. Okay. And that being said, uh, in light of the coronavirus, uh, we now focus on eradicating that disease and those pathogens and everything that's uh, related to that as well. Okay. Um, but I went to work for EnviroMasters as a salesman, and I worked under two we're a franchise business. Mm -hmm. So I worked on the two franchisees that they were co-owners and I did exceptionally well. 
And uh, I did so well that one of the franchisees says, hey, um, I want you to partner with us. Well, I was going to have to put a lot of sweat equity into the business, if, you would, if, if, you, if you'd say. So what I did was I contacted my dad. I said, I think I'm on to something. Um, I really enjoy this business. I really want to move forward uh, with his offer. And so we started communicating. We came up with some figures. My dad believed in my vision. Uh, he said, I'm going to do this and made me a partner. So here I am. And uh, we're, we're, we're doing exceptionally well. Um, in light of the coronavirus, which is no one expected it to hit, um, very sad that it's taken out as many people as it has, but there is a way to be safe. Right. Um, there are precautions that you can take. And a lot of companies um, have taken those precautions and they've signed us up and uh, we're, we're doing well. Okay. Now you, you mentioned vision. Mm -hmm. As you and I both know, uh, being incarcerated, sometimes a person's vision can get blurry, right? Um, you may become unmotivated or whatever the case may be. Tell us about that experience while you were incarcerated. What kept you, what kept you motivated? This is your second time around, although the first time around was, as you stated, a popcorn bit. But the second time around was a ten-year sentence, and so, so how did you, how did you spend your time? Because we, we both know that who we spend our time around is most is, is important in that environment. And so, so what kept you motivated while you were incarcerated? And take us through even that experience of going to jail for ten years, ten years straight. Most people can't can't fathom that. So let's walk through that and also that vision of of, of staying motivated. Well. Mosquitoes are getting me, but uh, I'll tell you, motivation comes within, right? We're all motivated. We're all passionate about something, right? And if you're not passionate about your life, then your every step that you take affects you. It affects what you do, whether it's your family, whether it's just you know if you're fi your finances. Yeah, everything that you do kind of coordinates with one or another. It says if I do this, then I expect these results, mm -hmm. right? So. My motivation is I wanted to be free and I wanted to stay free. Okay. And so, I mean, no one, I, I don't know many people that I met in prison that said, I can't wait to go home to come back to come back. Most people said they went home. They couldn't find a good job. They couldn't find a good living status as far as they didn't have anywhere to live themselves. Mm -hmm. um, there's always other circumstances that lead to them coming back. No one says when they get out, I'm going to go knock on the police door and say, hey, Lock me back up. So my motivation was I had to stay out. So I, I looked I, I looked within myself and said, what does it take to stay out of prison? What does this take not to do a crime? Well, my crimes were always financial. So I knew that if I was the able to be able to support myself, yeah. then I wouldn't have to do a crime. And so... But you, but you were doing, even in that lifestyle, although uh, illegitimate, you were living a, a nice lifestyle from that, though, right? So you were, some would say you were able to kind of take care of yourself, even though all those... No, no, I took care of myself. See, most people don't understand business. Okay. People see things from the outside and don't know, and that's why you hear stories about people that we perceive to be rich, and then we look up and mm -hmm. we find out they don't have any money. Mm -hmm. um, when you have money, you have privilege. Uh, people treat you differently. I don't care who you are. They will treat you different. If someone knows that you have money, they they smile more often at mm. you. Um, they give you perks that others wouldn't be privy to. In my situation, I was a club promoter. I did okay sometimes, and there's sometimes I didn't. 
um, my business acumen wasn't where it needed to be at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got involved with a business format that I didn't understand everything about it. I didn't understand the payouts, the pay-ins, okay. uh, the insurance costs, and all the marketing and the price of the marketing. So when I did get in it, uh, what's interesting is, like I said, one minute I would do extraordinarily well. And I didn't save my money, right? Because okay. we, we weren't taught, um, at least I wasn't taught, to put away for a rainy day. Um, I wanted instant gratification. So as fast as the money came in, as fast as it went out, and then when we I, I hit a, st- uh, a stumping, a, a stump or I hit a brick wall, I didn't have anything to cover that. Mm. So I took all my cash and put it into commodities, basically. Uh, worldly commodities, cars, houses, things like that. And I didn't have anything to fall back on. And so I had to portray that I still had the income that I people thought I had. Okay. So I did other things to make up for the money I had lost. Okay, gotcha. So that's what basically kicked me off into commit crimes. Um, you don't see millionaires, at least we'll say, you don't see people with millions of dollars breaking in stores and still candy. Right. Right? Because it's it's not worth it. So you have to you have to put something in your mind that says, what is worth it? What 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 is worth what what is so worth it right now that I wouldn't commit a crime? Mm. Um someone told me a while ago, they said that if you have a lot to lose, then you have a conscience. If you have nothing to lose, then you don't have a conscience. That makes sense, though. Definitely. Yeah. So if if I have a family, if I have a home, mm-hmm. if I have a car, and I, and I have that stability and I've got it the right way, mm-hmm. there is a conscience because I don't want to lose it. Right. But if I've done it the wrong way, then it came so fast, I didn't earn it, I don't really have a respect for it. So I can put myself and jeopardize myself in certain elements that I wouldn't normally do mm-hmm. had, had it would have been done the right way. Okay. Gotcha. Now, you did some remarkable amount of sales, you know, like your first year in. My first year in, the company grew by $350,000 under my uh, sales acumen, basically. Your, my, uh, I, I increased revenue by $350,000. Okay. Um, right now, uh, I think I'm up to about double that. Okay. Within 18 months. So it's, it's, it's something that I enjoy. I meet people from all walks of life, business owners, uh, politicians, and I'll tell you, man, it is it is it feels good to be on the other side. I'll right. tell you, there's one thing to be on the crime side. There's another thing to be on the positive, motivational side, and that's why I I fight so hard for it now, because most people, all they really need is motivation. Whether it's a relationship going bad that you just want to step out on, mm-hmm. you, some people just need to tell the person and give them the proper motivation to get them to move forward and to move out of that damaging relationship. Right. Uh, whether it's a job and they're not giving you the proper accolades, right? They're not giving you your bonuses. Some people need the motivation to step out and find something else. Mm-hmm. But when it all boils down to it, it's motivation. Yeah. And if you don't have it, then a lot of times you slack in your ability to become the best you. Yeah. So, so when you were inside, 
when did it come to that point where you said, I'm not going back to the life of crime? Was it as soon as they put the cuffs on you? Or for, for some people, it maybe it's halfway through or it's right in the beginning. So so what, what, what was that point where you kind of had that, I guess if it was an, an epiphany, and said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. This is what I'm going to do. I'm flying straight legit now. When the judge sentenced me. Okay. You know, no one anticipates what the judge is going to give you. You, 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 you pray, you keep your hand, your fingers crossed, you hope that you get the minimum, and then the judge sentences you. And sometimes it's in your favor, sometimes it's not. In this case, it was not in my favor. Okay. So I knew from that point on that I can't do this again. Okay. I got to live life. I got to live life and I have to do it where I can go out and teach other young men, uh, talk to women, and let them know that if you're going down that path, you don't have to. Right. You don't have to. There are so many, I mean, I went from mopping floors in the prison, yeah. making 12 cents an hour, to now I'm making $120,000 a year. Okay. So there, there's, a, there's a big difference there. Okay. And right now you also, you have an equity stake as well in the-, in the Yeah, so right? my father, uh, being a gentleman that he is, he purchased the company in entirety, and then me and my brothers, he carved us out a piece for us, so we would have something as a legacy move. So that was- Amazing within itself. Okay. All right. Now you also dibble and dabble in real estate as well, right? So yes, I have eyed a couple of properties, invested in a, in a, in a few, um, and so I'm still learning the ropes okay. uh, per se. But yes, I have. I'm moving forward in that direction. I've uh, I've accomplished a few things, but I haven't gotten to the point where um, it's my bread and butter yet. Okay. I got you. So in a day-to-day, what, what is EnviroMasters? What is it like? What is it that you do on a day-to-day? So my job is fairly easy. Um, right now, I'm the vice president of business development. I go out and I talk to our top clients. Um, I talk to different executives of different companies. I see what program that we have that can best fit their needs. Uh, right now, you know, safety is key to every organization. We provide, so the epicenter of the coronavirus, and I want people to understand this, that you can catch the coronavirus through an infected person's feces. And so when you go into a restroom, those toilets, when they flush, they release chemicals. Mm. And those particles that they release are in the air. So think of a toilet as flushing. When, when it flushes, it sneezes. And mm. so when you're sneezing, those particles are in the air, and you, wow. you go in and you breathe those particles, you can potentially catch coronavirus. And not only that, the bathroom is the epicenter for Mercer, E. coli, Salmonella, the neurovirus, strep. So uh, tuberculosis, the bathroom is a breeding ground of diseases and bacteria. So we focus on your bathrooms, commercial bathrooms, uh, public restrooms. And then because of the coronavirus, we have a spray that lasts seven to 10 days, which actually kills 47 pathogens, diseases and viruses, including the coronavirus. And so a lot of companies have called because they want to protect themselves. They want to protect their employees, exactly. and they want to protect their clients right. and their customers. And so we provide that um, that service. And uh, right now I do all the Chick-fil-A's in Chicago. I do all the Portillo's. I do all the Enterprise Rent-A-Cars. I do FedEx Freight. I do uh, um, CVS and Walgreens that have many clinics. So we're, we're, a, we're a trusted company. We do big brands. Um, people love us. We protect the community, and that's what we strive to do. And yeah. my job is to inform these companies and these, and these, uh, these other individuals that this is what we do 
and this is what I can provide. And so that's my day to day. Um, yeah. I usually wake up at five o'clock and I'm I'm back I'm back in the house probably by five. So I work about a twelve hour day. Okay. All right. You're a charismatic brother, right? And so being vice president of business development, you have to go out there and you're speaking with C suite executives. Mm -hmm. So so what are some of the skill sets that someone would need in order to um, basically be a be a an exceptional salesperson? To be able to go out and speak with these C-suite executives to get contracts and clients and things of that nature. So when you speak to anybody, like I'm speaking to you, right. you want to come across as genuine. I don't try to be somebody I'm not. I'm comfortable on my own skin. Sales is having the knowledge and explaining the knowledge on a level that the person can understand it. That's all it is. Hmm. If I have a product, if I don't, if you don't buy the product, it's only because there's there's two reasons why. You're either not interested because I didn't explain it right. Or you're just not my 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 intro was to the point where you were already turned off before you learned about the product. So it's about having talking to people with their guard down. Okay. And so once their guard is down, if you have a product that, like for for me, um, I have to find out. I'm not gonna approach you if I know you don't need the product, right? So if if, if it's something that I'm selling that I says. Aaron, by the way, um, I know that you're into jogging outfits. I have a jogging outfit for you. I would like you to try it on and see if it matches uh, your style. And, and, and so if you're into jogging outfits, then great. You'd, you'd want to try it on. Right. But if you're not into jogging outfits, me approaching you with it wouldn't even be, I'm wasting my time. Yeah, so targeted. So it's about, yeah, you have to find your tar target art audience. It's just so happened that everybody's into health and safety. Right, and especially now. Especially now. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're at. And so that's pretty much it. But um, I, I encourage anybody that's in sales, know what you're talking about. Make your delivery based on the facts of whatever you're selling versus just communicating, trying to get a sale. Yeah. So so what are some of the challenges you're dealing with? Although you have a, a service that, that pretty much, as you broke it down, so, so nice that everyone needs this, especially during a time like this pandemic going on. Are you still noticing some of your potential clients saying, no, we're okay, we don't want that service right now? And what are some of those reasons why? Well, a lot of the reasons why is, number one, we just went through a three-month shutdown, and then you have certain parts of the city blocked off. Right. So that being said, a lot of the companies, a lot of mom and pops, um, they're not doing as well as people may perceive. A lot of times, these small businesses, these mom and pop businesses, they make enough money to, to pay their mortgage, to pay their car notes, to put their kids in college. But there's no rainbow at the uh, right. a, a, a bucket of money at the yeah. at the end. Okay, yeah. so um, and people don't understand that. I've I've uh, so a lot of times when I when I present my my services to them and they want the service, mm -hmm. just they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So they're hoping that their business picks up. They're hoping that there is something else. Um, that can generate some income and where they'll be able to pick it up. But a lot of times I'm, some businesses barely make payroll, mm. you know, and it, it's, it's not it's, they stay in business because of the passion of the people that owned it. Right. You know, they want to provide, whether it be a restaurant, whether it be some other service, they want to provide that service and it doesn't make a lot of money. And some people don't are not in business just to make money. Some people are in business to provide a service. And so uh, there's been instances where people have wanted the product, but they just couldn't retrieve it because they didn't right. have the cash capital. So, 
So in, in Viral Master, that is a franchise, as you stated before. Yeah, so in Viral Master is the name of the company. Uh, we are a franchise. We are located in 78 plus markets. Okay. Uh, we operate the ones here in Chicago, the, the franchise here in Chicago. Uh, we, we service everywhere from, right now we're doing everything from South Bend all the way to Rockford, Illinois. Oh, wow. That, that's, a, that's a nice, nice area. Yeah, I, um, we actually have one of the bigger territories of the franchise. Okay. All right. So do you plan on expanding out to different territories? or? Right now we're, we're pretty much um, content with what we have. Uh, right now we're doing, we're at about 2.2 million. Okay. Uh, but there's now is that above the market or right at the market because I know places are just now opening up. Right. That, so that has an effect on, on your business. Then, so right? let me just kind of break it down a little bit. Um, we service mostly mom and pops, uh, smaller restaurants. Okay. Before the pandemic, uh, we were doing about one nine in business. We lost about 30% of our business when this pandemic hit. Okay. At least 30%. All right. It may be closer to 40. We were able to pick up enough business to replace that business and add more. And this is without that other business opening up. So when this other business, when everything is back open mm -hmm. fully, uh, we, we hope to pick up that other 30% plus some additional. And so that would, uh, that would you know, we'll be hiring and things of that nature, looking for certain individuals to come work for us. Okay. Um, I have a a, a, a a passion for picking out people that I think deserve a chance. Right. Because someone picked out me. Right. I'm, I'm glad you said that. So I think this goes without asking. I'm, I'm sure you all are hiring people that's formerly incarcerated. People Absolutely. So one of one of the guys, you, re, uh, you probably remember him. He was in the halfway house with us. Um, uh, a Latino guy hired him and he actually became one of our best employees. Mm, okay. And uh, so he stayed with us over a year. And then he came to me and he said, Brandon, he says, uh, I've got another job opportunity. And I said, okay. And he says, I really want, this is something I really want to do. And it was plumbing. He says, he's always wanted to be a plumber. Yeah. And it, and it was a union job. Okay. And he asked me, he says, I don't want to, you know, I don't want you to feel like you hired me and I'm walking out on you. I said, no. I said, you have to follow your dreams. I told him, I said, hey, I appreciate you coming here to work for me, but I would not appreciate you staying if you don't want to, because you don't have to, you're not here to please me. Yeah. And so he's now a plumber and, and he calls me and we, we, we have these crazy conversations yeah. about the stuff that's in the, in the, in the sewer, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's all fun, man. It really is. Yeah. So, so what, what do you think are, are some of the, why a person would hire someone that's coming fresh out of out of prison well see to me if you're coming out of prison you're hungry yeah you're hungry you're you're more hungry than anyone that let's say they just came out of school people people graduate school after doing four years eight years they get tired mm -hmm. now they still want to work they got to pay back their student loans but they're they're tired because they just did eight years of to get their masters or whatever so um they're tired come out of prison you have been, it's like a lion in a cage. Yeah, definitely. You know, you've been sleeping. You've <laughs> yeah. been dreaming, dreaming about getting right. on the other right. side of the cage. Right. <laughs> now that you're out here, you want to show off. You want to show people that you're a winner, not a loser. Right. And the only way to do that is whatever job, whenever someone gives you a job, is to basically maximize that potential, that the potential that you have 
for that career. So you're hungry. So I know that someone coming out of prison, it's like, it's like a lion without meat. You know, you give them a piece of meat, they're going to eat it. Yeah. And so um, I, to me personally, now I know there's other people out here that are hungry as well. But to me, just being on the other side of that wall and listening to those stories and hearing these guys say, if only if I had that one chance, um, I just took the liberty of giving some people that chance. Right. And I, and I, I definitely appreciate you doing that, that's what it's about. A lot of times we, especially even before you come out, like in your case, you had things lined up. So that, that gives you a whole new different mindset, right? It gives you a sense of added confidence to know, okay, once I come out, I can have that stability. There's something that I, I know I got a paycheck waiting on me. And with that paycheck, I can create other opportunities. Yeah, you definitely, I mean, that's how you get your blessings. Yeah. You know, people miss that part of life. You're going to pay tithes in this world or the next one. And so paying tithes doesn't mean, you know, you 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 got to give something away, but at least give the opportunity away. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not I don't have to say, hey, I'm going to take ten thousand dollars and go find a lucky person today. But if I have an opportunity where I can make this person or teach this person how to earn ten thousand yeah. dollars, then that's also giving back. And that's considered paying tithes. I like that. And, you know, I was going to ask you, uh, were there any words of wisdom as we close out? But I, th I think you just you just did it without me asking, man. So definitely appreciate you coming on. Um, let everybody know your contacts, man, where you can be reached. Uh, yeah, if you're, if, uh, if you're a business looking for uh, sanitation, uh, the coronavirus, strep, E. coli, salmonella, uh, please contact EnviroMaster of Chicagoland if you are looking for a job. Uh, we are accepting applications. Again, that's, you know, www.environmasterchicagoland.com. And that's pretty much it. And thank you all for tuning in to another dope episode of Escaping the Odds podcast, episode number 20. We are now on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe, like, comment on the page. Uh, Instagram, Escaping the Odds podcast. The podcast is also on Stitcher. Um, Google Podcasts, Apple, anywhere pretty much a podcast can be played. Anchor, you can find us there. Continue to support, like, comment, do all of the likes, and uh, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great show. Peace. You know what free is? What's free? Free is when nobody else can tell us what to be. Free is when the TV ain't controlling what we see. Told my I need you. Through all the fame, you know I stay true. Pray my stay free. Made a few mistakes, but